0: Welcome to the Horizon Roundtable podcast. This is uh, episode zero. Um, we are um, just starting this out. Uh, we'll be featured regularly starting at the beginning of the year um, by way of fourlights.fm. Um, I'm Bob McDonald. I write the Cleveland State column for more than the fan Cleveland. You can catch me on Twitter at Bob McDonald, or you can catch me every week on uh Cleveland.MoreToTheFan.net. And with me is uh, Jimmy Lemke. How's it going? And Jimmy, of course, is the, uh, Jimmy, of course, is the, well, you can go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, sir.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess what I would say is um, I am a 2010 grad of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. I have, since 2009, after a four-year stint, as the sports editor of the UWM Post, circulation 12,000 on campus at Milwaukee, I started the website PantherU.com and I've been running it for about six years since. Um, we don't really have a whole lot of coverage in local media, whether we're talking about television, radio, or in obviously in print. So it's kind of I kind of took it upon myself to make sure that the Milwaukee Panthers got. Uh, some coverage, and we've done a pretty good job. Uh, I've been proud of, you know, almost everything that we've been able to do with Panther U, and I'm really looking forward to this podcast because we've always wanted to do something based around the whole Horizon League. Um, This is my 10th year being a part of this conference as a fan, and just about every team out there, you know, I'm I know I'm backwards and forwards. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good thing to know, you know, about programs over, you know, a long, you know, a decade worth of, you know, watching and listening and taking in all the games. And I'm really glad that this podcast is starting because, you know, the Horizon League definitely needs more of – more fan engagement, uh, especially since, you know, we're heading into this neutral site tournament this year for the first time in a long time. And I think it's just, I think it's time and I'm glad that I can be a part of it. All
0: right, 10 years. I've been with it since Cleveland State joined in 94. So thanks for making me feel old.
1: Well, I'm only 28. So it's, it's, hard, to, it's, hard, to be, it's hard to show a whole lot of experience.
0: No, nah. but um, yeah, I, I remember the changeover it was the from the from the Midwestern Collegiate Conference to the Horizon League. That was a that was a fun thing. I did I you, think did
1: I like that change.
0: You know what? I was in the middle of that was right when during the tail end of the Rolly Massimino era. So I was a little preoccupied with him.
1: Yeah, I guess he wasn't too great of a coach for you guys
0: um well he did he did be he was he did as as he unfortunate as his record was i i will say and the fact that i pretty much spent a year and a half dedicated to getting rid of him <laughs> um he did he actually did bring some good things i'm i can never you know never you know, he, he definitely did bring kind of the spotlight to Cleveland State. And then, of course, Mike Garland came in and just it all ran away again. So. Um, so the big thing uh, this, you know, just on this trial run, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, Jimmy, you know, we want to get a lot of the, you know, these our fellow conference fans uh, engaged. Um, so we'll probably be spending you know most of this time in subsequent podcasts, talking with uh, some people around the league. And I'm sure that they're going to be more than happy to hear from us.
1: Yeah, I I really love to get a few people involved. Um, I really want to get Brian Dickman up from Green Bay on. I'd like to get, you know, Oakland's got a bunch of guys that would be around. Um, You know, there's a lot of people around the conference that I would love to get involved with this, I, I'm sure that we could get a couple, um, you know, a couple of beat writers from local newspapers. Uh, Paul Arnold probably listened to this because he's got nothing he to will. do during wow. winter break. <laughs> nothing going on during winter break, you know. <laughs> so, um, well, he's yeah. a busy
0: guy. He's he's at the he's at the times he's at the times of Northwest Indiana. He you know he he's got that and he's got that you know. He, cool. He's got a lot of things on his plate, so... He's
1: uh, he's a professor, actually. Well, a a teacher. I don't know if he's quite a professor. I think he's... I don't know if it's adjunct or if he's just a lecturer, but he's been... Uh, he's been a, I think it's journalism that he teaches at, at Valpo, so... I sincerely he,
0: hope so. If it was basket weaving, I'd be a little concerned.
1: <laughs> well, little do you know, Paul Oren's actually a master basket weaver, so... we oh, are well, not lucky to not have him be a basket weaving teacher.
0: All right, well, we can ask him about that when we invite him on. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, interesting you mentioned the Oakland guys, because I do want The first thing I do want to talk about today is... Sure. Oakland coming up to, going up to uh, Washington and beating them and Khalil Felder, you know, he 30 you know he scores 38 points, 25 of them in the first half. I mean if you want if you have if you need any further proof that he's the front runner for the conference player of the year, you know there it is. There's exhibit a. The,
1: the question that, that I we've, we've had, for about 10 the 10 years that I've been around there's a question that comes up fairly frequently is do you when you're talking about conference player of the year are you talking about somebody who's in the 18 game conference season or 16 over the last couple of years or are we talking about a or are we talking about somebody who does the the full season because sometimes you'll get players who will uh do very well against conference competition but because they're playing, you know, maybe a, a, a tougher schedule than other teams, they won't do so well in the non-conference year, so their numbers won't be as big. And a Khalil Felder is one of the first guys that I can really, and there, there are a few guys, there are a few guys that I can really say he's really killing it, either way.
0: Yeah. He, I mean, he, he torched everybody last season. I mean, you couldn't go into the arena last season and think you were going to win. I think they only, did they only, I can't even remember. Did they only, I can't even remember if they even won a game, uh, if they even lost a game in conference last year. I think they may have lost one maybe at the arena. That place is probably the toughest place to play in the Horizon League. At least it was last year, and it definitely will be this year.
1: Well, the first, the, the, the great thing about the arena and is that it's it's much smaller. And as the Horizon League changes, you know, once we pulled Butler out of the conference and then Loyola, you know, the uh, the name and Loyola is really a throwaway, but the name team Butler left. So there were there was a game that. Pretty much everybody got more people out to that was off the schedule now for the mm-hmm. conference, and our, our our attendances have all gone down slightly in the last uh, few since <laughs> well I, I mean Cleveland state was pretty much nowhere to begin with, so I don't know how you could go down but uh, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that you know we used to have that five thousand I mean, they might still have it you know the five thousand rule.
0: The uh, I believe. Home arena I thought that, it was 4,500, actually. Is, is it 4,500? I thought it was for, for, for reasons that escape me. I always thought it was 4,500.
1: They must have gotten rid of it because the arena is much smaller. Mm. The arena is a very, very, very small building. So they don't nearly have to come close to filling it for them to really do well. Uh, you know as far as having a, a home crowd and a home atmosphere you know i think the arena only sits about 3000 people so mm-hmm. when you have you know 300 students you know that's that's 10% of the crowd that's a that's a big student crowd so you know especially when they get games against detroit and
0: oh
1: yeah uh, last year they didn't lose a game in the in conference at the arena I'm looking. They get, they beat Valpo up in overtime by 14. How do you outscore somebody by 14 in five minutes?
0: And Valpo, I mean the the you know the the eventual conference champs. I mean
1: yeah, I mean they had a close call with Green Bay. Had a close call with you guys at Cleveland. Yeah, um, they had to beat. They had to get overtime to beat Wright State. But I mean the several close games, but the but the constant in there is that they won every single one of them.
0: Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah, the Horizon League, all, all eight teams had real difficulty getting into Oakland and winning. None of them could do it last year. We'll see if one of them can do it this year, but without you know Khalil Felder getting even better. I mean, he was pretty great last year, and this year he's just taking that whole next level. It's going to be really hard to see – a team go in there and beat them easily. I think yeah. somebody will go in and beat them. I just don't know who it's going to be. Um, they they don't have their their defensive juggernaut from last year. They're not a hundred percent where they were, but Khalil Felder is so much better. Yeah, and that that's it. that just shows. Yeah.
0: We're going to start making, I think at this point in time, we could start making comparisons between him and Norris Cole. I think I mean, that's, that's how good Felder well, is at this point.
1: They're, they're different players. I mean, Norris was definitely a bigger guard and I'm oh, not yeah. talking about his flat top. I mean, he was, he was just more, much more of a demanding guy. I don't see Khalil Felder, you know, going out and having 20 rebound performances. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even in terms
0: of dominating the game yeah on the offensive end he could just
1: he can just take over and we've had guards that have been able to score a lot but you know 38 points against Washington that's nothing to shake a stick at
0: not at all not at all I think uh I think Lorenzo Romar there had the uh the Huskies head coach had said about the same at last night too so um but yeah that's definitely something that pretty much you're gonna any horizon league team is gonna have to look out for because that's he, he's gonna be it's gonna be it's always already tough to be in the arena. It's gonna be even tougher with you know him still on the roster. Right. Um the other thing I wanted to talk about is the of course I'm gonna talk about Cleveland State. I got to talk about Cleveland State actually <laughs> beating Belmont <laughs> um and this is again this is not this is a this was a team that I was, that, you know, Cleveland State has pretty much, you know, I don't want to get into the whole, oh dear God, everybody left narrative because I'm kind of over it now. Which, you know, we're, we're near the end of the conference, non conference schedule. Let's talk about what we got.
1: It's over. And, it's done. Trey Lewis is gone. Anton Grady is gone. Everybody's gone. So let's just not dwell on it.
0: Uh, except I will dwell on the fact that Anton Grady did come back. Uh, he did play last yesterday after that really nasty spinal concussion.
1: We saw that on the uh, on TV, on the big screen of a dealership a couple, uh, what was that, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, we've got a big old 80-inch screen, and I had the Wichita <sighs> State game on, and uh, that was that was a tough, 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 tough hit to take.
0: Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see it until, I didn't even hear about it until about, uh, until like five hours after the fact, and I was like, wow but he's back. But that, that's, uh, you know, that's my Anton Grady thing. Um, but, but what Cleveland state has left is nobody's really sure. Even Gary waters has kind of admitted. I'm not really sure what I got. But um, what? what he, and what he had yesterday was clearly good enough to be Belmont. I mean, he, he got, De- he got, De- he got a, he, you know, the, you know, Demonte Flanagan actually came in and, you know, put his team on its back and, you know, he, he hit that final shot. And that's kind of what we Cleveland state has been looking for from, you know, DeMonte Flanagan, you know, totally. that, with those heavy lofty expectations of him. So, um, but yeah, we, I mean, Cleveland state is playing two walk-ons now, giving them big, you know, actual minutes and they're actually doing pretty well. So, Hey, free players, my favorite. Totally. Yeah.
1: And Cleveland State, you know, I'm, 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 you knew that Gary Waters wasn't going to let – he wasn't going to have a bunch of nothing, nobody's out there playing. Uh-huh. He's always been good recruiting. And obviously there were a couple questions about that because Jason G's gone – you yeah, you have some of the assistants. The assistants, I think all of them were gone after this last year. Yeah,
0: the only one who was left was Larry DeSempler, but he's been here since the beginning. We uh, Cleveland State ended up losing Jermaine Henderson. Uh, I'm sorry, Jerm, I'm sorry, Jermaine Kimbro. We got Jermaine Henderson. Jermaine Kimbro, who is um, in Nevada now, and uh, Victor Morris, former player. He was the uh, director of basketball operations. He 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 actually left as well, um, but the um, you know, they brought no. in Jermaine Henderson, who is the former head coach at like Longwood now, right? Yes he is. Yes he is. And yeah. And yeah, and so he yeah, because I'm trying to remember who exactly replaced him in the I think it was um who is the gentleman who replaced him? And now his name actually escapes me at this point in time. I'm not sure sh- um because he's still on the staff. <laughs> Um but yeah they brought in Henderson. Uh, Henderson was kind of the um cuz he was a former assistant at Miami of Ohio. Okay. Um he actually filled in with uh, he actually filled in as head coach when uh, Charlie Coles um was um going through his uh going through his uh treatment. Um he actually um I I guess the his kind of thing is that you know You know the idea is so Gary Waters can start recruiting to all of Ohio because you know we've been kind of a little compartmentalized between you know the the Cleveland Akron area but we're not getting a lot of them but you know and then we've got this little kind of conclave in uh, in Dayton thanks to Norris Cole and Aaron Pogue because we've got that kind of kind of of that covered so I think the idea is that Jermaine Henderson is you know as the assistant you know having a lot more knowledge of the uh, of the you know, having having a little bit more juice in the in Central Ohio and whatnot. I guess that's kind of the thought process there. I guess. So, I actually, yeah. have a, I have another theory though. What's that? I think he's. Uh, I I still believe that because Gary Waters' contract is at the end of 2019, and I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know if that's this is gonna be his last run or not. But um, if it is, um, maybe this is a possible possibly grooming uh, Henderson to uh, take over as head coach. Who knows.
1: If I'm an athletic director, and if I remember correctly, you have the the former retired Butler athletic director, right?
0: Oh yes, John Perry. The, the, um, the, the, the the general, John Perry. Yes, John Perry, who still, who will probably st- he's got two years. He's got two years left on his contract. Um, And also, will probably never live down the fact that he tried to, uh, you know, get rid of wrestling in favor of his uh, pet sport of uh, lacrosse.
1: (laughs) So I've actually, like, I was kind of like on a side, like, hearing about that, and
0: yeah, what what happened uh, with that? Well, here's what happened. Um, You know, there it was really no secret that John Perry wanted to bring lacrosse and men's lacrosse in, and you know. I don't really know a lot about men's across, so I'm like, okay, fine. Let's you know, let's see how this goes. I and we we thought that perhaps he would add in you know another women's sport and you know have that. But what ended up happening was at the end of the uh, you know he made the announcement, and ironically, the announcement was made the same day that Trey Lewis announced he was transferring. That was fun. Um, he they announced that um lacrosse would be added and that they weren't getting rid of wrestling per se they were just defunding it and they would have to fund themselves so
1: which is is a way of saying you're the ones that have to break the bad news not us
0: yeah um so that was kind of a big miss i you know i really did think that was kind of a misstep because the you know the wrestling community revolted i mean they totally revolted i mean you and not just in the cleveland area but nationwide i mean they all just kind of banded together and then the and with probably about two weeks after the um announcement um cleveland state's uh, student government association was having their elections and then they decided to put a measure on the ballot non-binding of course but um just kind of a get the message across type of deal to yeah. if you're if you're willing to to ask students if they'd be willing to you know spe- uh, you know pay extra and you know general fee money to keep wrestling and they did um with you know bias by, by a sizable margin so um mm. Yeah, and then about, which is interesting because, you know, if you've ever seen a Cleveland State game, it's getting better, but it's, you know, in years past, you always wondered where all the students were, but it's getting a little better. Um, About a week later, you know, the, you know, the administration got together and decided, you know what, Um, we're going to, we need to keep wrestling. So with uh, lacrosse with Cleveland State, um, you know they've actually been getting moving pretty quickly on that. They hired a new head coach, Dylan Sheridan. He's a guy out of the University of Denver, and okay. he's he's been running all over the place. I mean, he's he his first uh, his first recruiting class, um, you know they they, they um, thirty five of them, I think. Um, I'm sure I'm lowballing it. Uh, they all signed in during the fall signing period, and these guys are these are guys that aren't even going to start until you know they're Drop the ball until what next uh, spring of 2017.
1: So spring of 2017 that they're going to play.
0: That's right. Yep. Okay. Not coincidentally, Uh, the last spring. Are you familiar with the sport? No, and I'm going to have to be (laughs) at some point. I'm going to have to at some point in time.
1: The good news is, I mean, uh, my sister lived in Baltimore for a few years, and I when Mm -hmm. I got to visit her a few times and. The lacrosse, the Duke of lacrosse, basically is not Duke; it's Johns Hopkins. Yeah, and I, I've actually been to a Johns Hopkins lacrosse match, and it's pretty incidentally, fantastic.
0: Incidentally, Duke, who also has a pretty good lacrosse team, will probably have something about saying Johns Hopkins is the Duke of lacrosse, though.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably. But, yeah, John, Johns Hopkins is the one with with with, with a lot of the titles. Uh, yeah. They're not quite as successful now. Uh, they've had a couple years of difficulty, but largely the almost the entire division one is east of the Appalachians. there's only there's only a handful of teams west of there. Ohio State's had a team for a while uh, Air Force Detroit
0: also has one by the way.
1: Yeah uh, the some of the new teams west of them include Detroit and Marquette here in Milwaukee. I'm sure you'll oh, okay. end up playing those probably
0: the interesting thing will end up being where um if you know cleveland state becomes independent or they join a conference i'm i'm assuming that's gonna be the next logical step but i'm sure i'll talk about it at some other time speaking of conferences (laughs) yeah we got off on that we got off on that tangent and you know we um just talking about the Cleveland State, uh, just the, the the game, the win against Belmont. Um, we we got kind of an issue though, um, and you know we you know just you. Know, it's more of an issue of underperformance, if you will, because. Um, I think everybody was expecting a lot more out of Vinny Zolo. That is than than is what is actually happening. I mean, he he's getting his rebounds, but that's pretty much it. I mean, he in the last three ball games he's like he's like two of twenty three from the field, two of twenty three. He he scored two points yesterday, and I think we all pretty much collectively said, "Hey!" And those were free throws. Whereas what we were thinking, "Hey, a place on the court where you can't miss." <laughs>
1: Has he, he has he only taken twenty three shot attempts this year?
0: No, no, no. That's in the last three games. Oh wow! So he's, he's sure. just having a really cold stretch. Yeah, he, yeah, Arctic basically. I I actually openly I actually tweeted yesterday. I couldn't remember the last time Vinny Zolo made a layup. I think I should do that again because two minutes later he hits a layup, and of course that was his only other score of the game. Well, yeah.
1: Sometimes players go through some rough stretches. I mean, our um, Austin Arians for us—he's—he's uh, he's a guy that scores double digits a game, and he's had a—he's had a pretty rough stretch since the Wisconsin game. He went, um, you know, The ba- the Badger fans were giving us crap. You know, like, oh, you 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 yeah, you came here and snuck out with a win, had to play the best game you've ever played before, and I'm like. Our best three-point shooter was one for twelve from three, so I don't know if we just squeaked by on that.
0: You know, I wanna talk about Wisconsin for a little bit because I, I saw your little I saw your back and forth there uh, you know, with people about that. And um I find it interesting that, you know, people who lose the game still have the audacity to talk trash. It's a, it's really I mean come on, you've lost and you're still talking smack. Come on, man. It's a little,
1: it's a little different than it is it's a little different than it is in Ohio because you guys have so many Division One programs that whenever the discussion about Ohio State or Cincinnati playing, you know, mid-majors or, you know, I don't even know if you guys even talk about low-majors. If you ever – anytime I hear a discussion about that from people in Ohio, whether I'm looking through all the team's message boards or anything, it always comes to – well, Ohio State doesn't play all of these team, any of these teams enough. But in Wisconsin, we only have four Division One teams. So the argument really is, is Milwaukee is, – is Wisconsin playing Milwaukee in Milwaukee enough? Is – should Milwaukee and Marquette play? I mean, our arenas are right across the street from each other. And there was a stretch of about almost 15 – I think it was like almost 18 years – where we didn't play from the early '90s through um, through it was it 2007? I think our first game was, and that was a that was a five year series that got canceled in the fifth year. The fifth the fifth game didn't happen. Um, when they did come to our arena, they ended up escaping with a three point victory. When Wisconsin came to our arena a couple of years ago, about uh, four years ago, they escaped with a six point victory. Last year, Wisconsin ended up beating us by, 20, like, 22 or something like that, but that's because our team was just down. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard for Milwaukee fans to really expect uh, – accept that Wisconsin and Marquette should automatically have these, these games that are – you know, these series that are so lopsided – and I, I get the argument because Wisconsin and Marquette will – are our top 15 nationally in attendance every year. Um, you know, Marquette hasn't had – I mean, they, they, they spend more than they achieve. They spend more than, like, all but three teams in college basketball, and they don't achieve at a top five level. But Marquette still is – I mean, it's the Big East program. Wisconsin's the Big Ten. You understand that that part of the that part that dynamic but it's hard because the argument really is it's not does Wisconsin or Marquette play the mid-majors it's how is the series with Milwaukee specifically and for them you'll never get it'll there you'll never see them pass up a chance to call us Wisconsin Milwaukee or UW Milwaukee is kind of an affront to the program just because it's them putting us in our place. You know, that's, that's, that's you know, be in, your, be in your place. This is what you are. If we want to play four out of five years at the Kohl Center in Madison, you have to do it. If Marquette does, decides they don't want to play us when we're getting good, then they'll just buy out the contract and continue talking about how they're the most amazing thing in the world.
0: Forgetting Marquette's, the fact that they turn around then and complain that, you know, Well, we don't have enough quality wins, blah blah blah, and then or we got bounced out of the or we got bounced out of the conference. Uh, We got bounced out of the NCAA tournament early because blah blah blah. I mean, that's you know,
1: right. Uh,
0: So it's like you know, don't cry. You know, it's it's you know, probably more magnified in Wisconsin, obviously, because you know you have so few Division One teams. In Ohio, obviously, we've got. Ohio State, the Cincinnati team, Cincinnati I think and Xavier. Have 12, Eleven or twelve, I think is what it At is. At least.
1: Yeah. Because the Mac is all, is like half in that state. You're, yes. you're, first off, you're just so much so, such a bigger state than Wisconsin is to begin with. Yeah. I think we have like five million people. I think you're what, like fifteen or twenty or something like that.
0: We don't have that many. Jesus. Well, <laughs> 11, I don't, I
1: don't, you got a lot more electoral votes than we do, that's for sure.
0: Yes, um, but yeah, the yeah it, it yeah it's probably a different dynamic, but the but the, the idea of the scheduling kind of still remains the same. I mean, you, you talk about Ohio State. I mean, you know, Cleveland State and Ohio State, um, Cle- Ohio State, and this is Ohio State will never never play at the Wolfstein Center ever. Um, that i don't know why that is um i've never accepted that but i'll be honest with you after watching the with cuz cleveland state now has a partnership with the with quick and loans arena um so they're playing five of their games there uh, you know five of their five of the Vikings are playing five of their games at at quick and loans arena
1: is that five games this season
0: yes yes we played kent state cleveland state played kent state ohio and then they're going to play in the quick and loans arena um, Valpo, Wright State, and for reasons that escape me, Young Sound State. Really? So, yeah. That's going to um, be a big draw you think I'm you know what <laughs> I, I've always lamented and I'm probably gonna say I will say this over and over again. The, the blood feud should be between Cleveland State and Youngstown State, but for so many years Youngstown State has been so perennially awful that I can't consider them a, I want to. I want to so badly. I want to go and you know, I want to so badly consider them a rival, but they're not. They put, they, you know, sure. They pull like maybe one or two wins, you know, pull one or two wins out that we didn't ever expect them to, or they, they beat us when we're having a down year, which may very well happen this year. But for the most part, no. I mean, they, we don't have the, you know, we don't have the rivalry that, say, you know, you know, Oakland and Detroit. I mean, you you look at Oakland fans and Detroit fans right now. They, you know, they're, they, you know, they got that crosstown, you know, they've got that crosstown deal going on, and they are button each button, you know, button heads, and you know, and you know, I see that I see the smack talk going back and forth between them all. I'm like, oh, wow, where's yeah. my guys?
1: Well, I think I think a big part of that is that. Detroit wouldn't play Oakland forever. Um, you know, they they kind of have the dynamic that we have with Marquette or Wright State has with Dayton, except Dayton was on the or Detroit was on the other side of it. And Detroit yeah. was not willing to play Oakland, and then all of a sudden the rest of the conference is like, well, obviously this is the team that we're bringing in, much to Detroit's dismay.
0: I think they fought that for a lot of years before. I'm pretty sure they fought that for a lot of years before Oakland came up. <laughs> I, I think that 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 was a long – Oakland coming into the Horizon League was a long time coming, and it probably should have happened a lot earlier, but not if not for, you know –
1: Well, I, you that. were around in 2001, so I, I, I know the background. Do you know the background to the 2001 edition of Youngstown State?
0: Um – I wish I remembered that. Um, I just for, remember for the, they magically showed up one day and then.
1: For our fans at home, the Horizon League fans that are listening to this program, the good the good thing is that uh, I, I I have somewhat of a, a good background on it. Now that pretty much all of the players are in the conference now, we can really have this discussion. Um, Valparaiso was the first team that was supposed to come over to the newly christened Horizon League and the athletic director at the time, his son—I don't know if it's still Lubar—it was La Barbera back then—but um, the athletic director back in back in the in two thousand one at Velpo, his son was actually the uh, commissioner of what's now the Summit, the MidCon. And when Velpo got the offer, the last thing he wanted to do was tell his son, sorry, I'm leaving your conference that you've run. So Valpo stayed, and Oakland was considered, but Oakland was still a provisional D1 team. So we didn't know if they were going to be able to be there. So the Horizon League passed and went for Youngstown State, which has been nothing short of a disaster for the conference.
0: Well, let's hope then the uh, the mistakes that they made with Youngstown State uh, – they do not repeat with uh, with Northern Kentucky, um, who just came in at the beginning of uh, this uh, this year. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, on behalf of Jimmy, this is Bob McDonald. Um, you can catch uh, you can catch us right at the beginning of the year every week on the Horizon Roundtable. We'll see you then.